1116 SEN, The Odds Couple, with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. Good morning, everyone. Four minutes past eight. Welcome to The Odds Couple on this beautiful Sunday morning in Melbourne, uh, Saturday morning in Melbourne, wherever you're listening, right around the country, right around the world. I'm sure we've got listeners, Simon Marshall, uh, somewhere in another country because we're so popular on a Saturday morning, particularly when you dress the way you have this morning. Everyone's up and about. It's Group 1 racing today in Sydney and also Caulfield, the Heath. Good morning, everybody. Hope you're up and about and uh, out and about as well because we have a clear morning, no wind whatsoever. The sun's out. It is an outstanding spring morning. And Simon, when it's like that, you don't get dressed in the dark. You turn the light on, you go and look put on something that I'm wearing right now and head on out to the Heath today and go and enjoy nine races and um, some fantastic racing. If you can get to uh, SEN social media, let me tell you, it's worth a look. Uh, the man's come in in the suit this morning. He's got the pink check shirt on, uh, bright as a button. The hair whisked to the side. A little bit of product in the hair this morning? Yes, well, one can never go overboard with the hair care product this day and age, Simon, and... Um, it, uh, it's what you call presentation in the mounting yard uh, when you head out to Caulfield today. You've got to look the part, even if you might know or have a clue what you're talking about. Yeah, group 1 racing, of course, from Caulfield uh, this afternoon. You'll hear that uh, on SEN Plus right throughout the day. Uh, what you'll hear on the odds couple this morning, David Taggart will be joining us a little later on. How tags go in his... Uh, uh, we missed out on the quaddy last week, but he got the best bets up. I think, yeah, he got his best bet up, so yeah, he'll, he'll be he'll be bouncing around a bit. Don't worry about that. Graham Begg, good to see, written by the Blue Diamond winner of the Autumn uh, Star Two Year Old. Yeah, uh, back uh, today racing at Caulfield, and Graham Begg will join us a, a little later on. Um, we're also chasing Nick Williams. Uh, Nick uh, speaking up strongly from an owner's perspective that uh, the racing authorities here, in particular Racing Victoria, aren't um, aren't doing the job that they they should be doing uh, for the for the betterment of racing in this state so we're well, all over this so give, give us a snapshot of what him if we can get him on give us a snapshot on what what's happening uh, uh, in terms of why is victoria fallen behind and uh, new south wales racing have gone along in leaps and browns and his uh, examples the everest 13 million dollar race it's their second year the kosciuszko and also the high weights they've introduced for all the country racing um team or people i should say uh, participants to uh, come along to the city on saturday racing and ra- race for uh, thousands of dollars i think uh, what nick has been saying is um uh, the uh h- how do i put it um i don't think i think he thinks racing is is going along fine here but that has mainly been on the back of the clubs running their own race meetings not the influence of racing victoria and i think for a long time people have wondered you know exactly what the role of racing victoria is and nick put it pretty bluntly during the week he said look you know should put out put out the fields and look after integrity um and and that was that was sort of it let the clubs do their own thing that's probably on the back of in particular you know what flemington have done in the last 12 months building that stand it's we saw that last Saturday. You know, it, it's superb. And then you know the the TV rights. You know, that's a real bonus now for Flemington over those four days. Now going to Channel Ten. So, I think um, uh, from Nick's point of view, he thinks racing is in pretty good hands from the club administrative perspective. Without Racing Victoria, and look, I, I, I've never come to terms 
with you know, the wastage, if you like, in racing Victoria. Never. You know, the, the, the kerfuffle over a 10-year period with our media rights, racing.com and thoroughbred racing and all the, the wastage we had for all those years, I, I found that extraordinary. And it just seems it's a, it's a real web. Any contracts that are done through Racing Victoria, it just, it, it stuns me sometimes the amount of time, money and effort um, that's put into confusing the whole industry and, and really all as we want is a governing body that's, that's got some teeth. Right, okay, well, coming off the front foot there and in terms of registering horses and uh, owner syndications and, and so forth. Uh, so what are you saying? People, we need... The, Where would you rather racing, race a horse, here or in New South Wales? Now, I, I'm, does racing I, I, Victoria I need rather, to be more accountable? And if so, what for? Um, I, th- I think we need to know exactly the role Racing Victoria play. Now, right. Giles Thompson came out and, and um, put his case forward and... And Giles Thompson equivalent in New South Wales is Peter Volandis. And Peter Volandis is very up front. out there, up front, tells you, you know, what's Sells going the on, how it's going on, you know, really, um, you know, puts the gloves on and throws punches publicly. Well, he is the face of racing New My South Wales. Is, yeah, and, and he speaks up and he's, and Giles Thompson is, is more that backroom guy and just making sure, and he's saying, you know, all the numbers are pointing in the right direction. Hmm. But I, I do think it's probably time that the industry knew more about what Racing Victoria did and where it's going. Fair um, you know, that uh, I, I think it is time because I, I smell something terrible going on at the moment. And, and what I smell is with 10 now getting the races, getting the four days of the spring carnival, I, I just have this whiff that when the Channel 7 contract ceases, and I think it stops yep. in about 12 months, yep. it, it, it's up for renewal. After the spring carnival, yeah. I reckon they'll trot off. Right. And we'll be back to where we were 15 years ago with none of those major meetings outside of the the four of the Cup Week being broadcast on free-to-air. Well, you will get it on racing.com if you want it's, to tune into it's that. It's not free, free-to-air. Racing.com is Channel 78, 68. No, but, but, but also racing.com is part-owned by Channel 7, correct? Correct, yeah. So who then part-owns racing.com when Channel 7 leaves? Well... That's a good question. And that, that's just something so that you're saying when Channel 7 I feel is separates brewing. themselves from... I'd say Channel 7 just wave goodbye wow. to racing altogether. Wow, we. So, you know, they're the sort of things where, where the industry needs guidance and, and the people that are um, participating need clarity on exactly where we're heading, uh, who's taking us there, why we're going there, what's being spent on doing it, because that is the other thing. When you look at... You know, the expense, you know, many owners out there always, you know, that, and, and have been saying it for a long time, you know, um, and I go back to when the juggling act was happening, you know, trying to get racing on free to, on TV and, and the fights with Sky and all the things that happened. You know, it was lawyers at 10 paces for years. And, you know, that, that money just, you know, it's something we'll never get back. Mm, and, and the owners, you know, always felt that, uh, or the owner group, a lot of owner groups always felt, you know, why, why isn't this making our product better mm. instead of all this um, off-field noise? Let's just make the product better. It'll sell itself. Mm. And people will want to come and be part of it um, instead of trying to um, make its mark and spending the, you know, the money in the, wrong, in the wrong places is probably where people are coming from. There's a lot of oppos- opposition for our turnover too, and that's the key. Simon, um, there's no doubt about Chautauqua. you, mate. 
Yeah, he was That's able. The other to, big news of the week. He was able to jump out. Jump of, out. Hey? He did. He jumped out of the barriers at Flemington, and um, it's nearly twelve months to the day. Uh, Friday night, Manicato Stakes, where he has not had a race and been to the racetrack to compete, due to the fact that that night he got scratched at the barriers due to um, the stewards suggesting that he wasn't sound. And um, since then, he has had it in his head that he doesn't have to go and compete at the races. He's trialled several times and failed. Um, the, he was on his last legs after failing twice in Sydney. They simulated a race day uh, scenario with an official trial in between races in Sydney about four, nearly a month ago, three weeks ago, I would believe. And the last throw at the stumps was Friday, yesterday morning at Flemington. Stewards were out there to watch Chautauqua simulate a race day trial. There was uh, five horses, including Chautauqua, in the trial. And um, oh, it might have been only four, actually. And he was able to uh, load up, I think, second. And then uh, a couple of horses loaded up around him. It was a simulation of race day. Tommy Berry came down to ride him for Team Hawks. And gates opened. And he stepped out with them. So first tick. But he must trial again in front of the stewards. And the question mark for the great Chautauqua, the six-time Group 1 winner, champion sprinter. We love him. We get around him. He's a beautiful grey. And he's great. He's a great promotion for racing. $8.8 million in stakes money, this beautiful puppy dog with four legs, known as a thoroughbred. He needs to trial again, though, in front of the stewards and to tick the box to suggest that we now have the confidence as the public to want to go and put our money on him if he happens to go to the races. His problem and issue is with Rupert Lee, managing owner, and the team, Hawks, who train him, is that there's not another official trial for another three weeks. But Mooney Valley have thrown him a bone and suggested that we'll put on a trial for you, either on the 28th, first Friday night racing back at Mooney Valley, or the first week in October, or put a trial on at Mooney Valley for him. And that might happen. I'm sure other trainers will get around and want to nominate horses to run in a trial and get the use of a beautiful track like Mooney Valley. So let's hope that that can happen sooner than later. He needs to jump in that trial once again to tick the box and stewards will make a decision whether the big fella can come back to the racetrack. Wouldn't that be fantastic if they did that? That's grand final eve at Mooney Valley. Simulate a race meeting. He's run there and won there at Mooney Valley and and he steps out and goes. I mean, that, that'd be a highlight of the night, other than uh, um, uh, the Group One sprint on that evening. But that, that would just be absolutely sensational. And you would hear it on SEN Racing because we're there all from six onwards uh, on that Friday night. Wow! Bring it to you live. Unbelievable. Well, now, I had to say exclusively. Exclusively. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, um, our listeners, uh, what Simon and I and Tags want to know this morning. Is who's the horse you think is going to have the dominant spring? Who, who's who's the horse that's going to come from the? Who's the new star? The new star going to win their first Group yeah. One race. Yeah, put their. There's put a lot of horses with potential. On, hey, I'm a I'm a superstar. And we like who to is... put them in our black books when we watch these horses step out and start to go through their classes. You can bet from that from your sports bet app. So the filly that I've come up with, the next star to win a Group One race this spring carnival is from the Chris Lee Stables from Newcastle. Her name is Smart Melody. She's a three-year-old filly. She's had four starts. Her first two starts, she won on average of five lengths. And then she had the eight-week break, and then she started $1.40 at Wyong, 
and won a nice race there. And then she started $2.25 for the first time we were able to see her in Victoria, down the straight, last Saturday, and she blew them away. And what I mean by, how do you measure that? She blew them away? Well, she beat three-year-old fillies. Second horse will be okay out of the race, don't worry. She ran the time of 1.0483. So I went back and had a look at some of the 1,100-metre gallops at Flemington over the past couple of months, and I picked out a horse called Brave Song, who's on the verge of group racing. He raced in the Ori Star against the older horses, the better sprinters, and he also was unlucky at Caulfield in a group three race in a sprint. He ran 1.0413. So she ran 1.0483, and he ran 13.13. So there's not much between them. She's only a three-year-old filly. She's on the way up. She was able to gallop away from them, and she might be headed towards a Coolmore. Where she runs next will be really interesting, but the Coolmore is the big group one race down the straight of 1,200 metres for three-year-olds, and I think that, that it's game on the filly. She's second price favourite at $7 at Sportsbet in your future markets right now, if you like her. I think she's the next star. I think she's the next one to go, wow, to the racing industry. I'm pretty good. Okay, let's hear from you. Uh, Who's the next one to go, wow, uh, in your mind, in the racing industry and put their stamp of authority on the Spring Carnival? 0433 98 11 16. Text uh, that horse that uh, you think is going to be the best for the spring. 0433 98 11 16. Time for our first break, but hey, Collingwood fans, KB and the Dock of Grand Final tickets up for grabs. Listen from Monday for your chance to win, thanks to National Tiles. Best quality guaranteed, unbeatable prices. It's 17 after 8. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. On 1116 SEN, The Odds Couple, with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. And now it's time for Dictionary's Word of the Day. And today's word, folks, is dreamboat. Dreamboat. And the meaning or objective is, or slang is a highly attractive or desirable person. Slang, anything considered as highly desirable of its kind. His new car is a dreamboat. And to put it in a sentence, jockey Damien Lane will be known as a dreamboat to punters if he happens to get up on heavily backed favourite, Night's Watch. In race seven, the naturalism stakes today. It's 23 minutes after eight o'clock. I'll never forget that time. What was that? That's fantastic stuff. Dreamboat. It's a dictionary word of the day. It's short, <laughs> it's sweet. I didn't have time, much time this morning and I've come up with that. So put that in your stiff file. Probably would have uh, <laughs> saved something for next week, to be honest. You reckon? Dreamboat. No, no, no. You just don't. Dreamboat's your yeah, dream dictionary boat. Yeah. word of the week. Well, if he does win a night's watch, I'll be going, oh, he's a dreamboat, Damien. I to watch. <laughs> I guarantee you there won't be a person at Caulfield call him a dreamboat. I'm telling you there will be. Other than you. What about no, some of the good stuff? That's the great stuff there, isn't it, eh? It's great radio. 0433 What mm. do you think of Simon's word of the day, dreamboat? Well, you reckon Seriously. Sudoriferous and uh, Cyclopean. Put it in a, a sentence w- that makes some sort of 
semblance of meaning from a racing perspective. Put Dreamboat in a sentence, 0433981116. You were thinking and, of the movie, weren't you? Oh, mate, that was... G'day, sorry. Simon. I reckon Anjana from, um, from Roll the Dice Syndicate can burst into a spring... Calculations today by winning race six. Good on you, DJ. We always love DJ's uh, contribution. Kings will dream and grunt. James from Reservoir. Uh, Reservoir. They, these are horses that we think are going to be the next future star and win their Group One's Group One races. Well, Grunt's already done that. Kings will dream. Yes, Kings will dream. Caulfield Melbourne Cup double. A double. Thanks. He's anonymous. He, he he's very active on this, isn't he? Hi, boys. Furion. Yeah. We'll be winning some big races this spring carnival. He won the last, last week. Got it on you, Stephen from Mount Gambia. of the last. Absolutely he was. And, uh, boys, half the last night's Omen Bet Century. Omen Bet of the Century, sorry. Race one, number eight. Louis the Legend. Oh, yeah, the great Lou Richards from Collingwood. Into race eight, number two, Home of the Brave. Can't miss from Kingy. <laughs> well, good on you, Kingy. We love a multi-bet there on your sports bet app. Uh, we certainly do. Uh, we love David Taggart joining us on the Odds Couple, brought to you by Sportsbet, and he's with us uh, proud and passionate here this morning. Tags, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Scoop. Simo, how are we? Big yeah. race day at your home track. Yes, yes, okay. the days good of the good. apprenticeship. Uh, no one's mentioned my little horse there, Avilius, uh, for oh. a Group 1 assault. Uh, he's, I think he's boycotting the... Uh, in it's the international that's with Anthony Cummings. The yeah, well, nice Godolphin. Yeah, yeah, the Godolphin Blue. Yeah. Well, jeez, he spanked him last that day. He's two for two, and he looked very good. Three from three. He looked very good winning last start. And tell me, um, he was Metrop favourite, the Metropolitan in Sydney, the big Group 1 staying race there this spring. But they've decided not to go that way. He'll now run in the Bart Cummings. If you win, you're in the Melbourne Cup. And then... Straight into the Melbourne Cup. They're He'll stay all day. He's he's just got the makings of a two mile uh, horse. He's, he he just goes to sleep. He, he spotted him fifteen lengths the other day, off the Chewy, Glynn. He just give him a bit of a squeeze, and he just Jesus the turn of foot that you need for a good stayer at the end of two mile. Okay, this should have been the word of the day. Explain to our listeners what off the Chewy is. He just relaxes. He doesn't get on the bridle. Uh, you get horses that can over race and and and. Pull a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, so we just they're on the chewy. They're right? on the chewy. Like so a Richmond supporter at half time last night. Yeah, we need to the explain chewy. these things. You know, you see, you're not not everyone <laughs> yeah. listening is used to the jockey vernacular. Yeah, there's a little uh, bit of a slang terminology there in the in the sanctum of the jockey's ranks. So yeah, he was the, off the chewy out the back. Yeah, off the bridle, uh, just relaxing, smoking his pipe, and uh, as I said, when Glenn pushed that, pulled the trigger, he he just. Uh, he he picked them up in two strides and when the line hard held and that was uh, it was a group three the other day and made them look second rate. So Avilius, fantastic stuff, uh, very good. Now tell me uh, the group one race today tags while we've got you here. It's a fourteen hundred metre gallop at Caulfield. It's a handicap race, so we've got the top weight with fifty nine and a half kilos and the bottom weight with fifty four. That's uh, so the handicaps there um, really. What it's designed for, folks that don't know about handicap racing, it's basically all horses are judged on their form and their rating, and they are given a weight to be really competitive and as competitive as we can get them. So the best horses get the higher weight, and the horses coming on the way, coming up on the way through, get the lower weight to try and match them in this uh, in this feature race today. Uh, David, how do you ride the fourteen hundred meter gallop at Caulfield? Because it's a bit tricky. You're uphill from the start, and uh, until you get to the eleven hundred meter mark where it plateaus out and flattens out it then starts to turn down the railway side how do you ride it it does it's it's, it's a high pressure race he's for clark stakes always has been uh 
yeah, the fourteen hundred. You say you jump out, you're going uphill straight away up to the rise there to the twelve hundred and down to the eleven hundred, and you're turning or uh, constant turn until you until the railway side to down by the thousand metres there. Uh, yeah, as I said, it's 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 easier to lead over the mile at Caulfield than it is over the fourteen hundred. And uh, why? Uh, because straight away once you once you leave them gates and give it a dig, you're going uphill at the fourteen hundred where where the mile. They leave you alone early. They it's they find their position for some reason. Then if you get that soft lead, then you start increasing up that hill at the fourteen hundred. So you've already got a furlong. If you go and be positive straight away, you get the soft lead and go. And then people leave you alone going up that hill, of course. Okay. Um, but yeah, the fourteen hundred's always high pressure at Caulfield, uh, home of the brave. He he does look the the one to beat. He has drawn uh, eight, so he will roll forward. Uh, I think it might be the Godolphin, Quinella, or Osborne Bulls as well. Uh, he's flying. He's as honest as the day is long. So we've got Jungle Cat arriving here from the Charlie Appleby t- uh, stable. He's undefeated uh, this year, but all in Dubai. He won his Group 1, his last race there. He he is the uh, the top weight with the uh, 58 kilos. We're talking about uh, race eight on the program at Caulfield today. David Taggart's told us how to ride it. Um, he's an interesting runner. He's got the measure of Home of the Brave. Uh, when they have met overseas. So um, interesting run of this horse. We've uh, priced him at $10. He's out to 11 in your sports bet market. Home of the Braves, your favourite. $4.80 into $3.70, and he's the best backed. We saw his first up run down the straight. We just raced a little bit fierce, but he was terrific behind Voodoo Lad. That means he was on the Chewy. He was on the Chewy. But he, he, then came, he then went back up to Sydney and beat a very smart horse in Diagento. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and Trapeze stage. Artist. They're both and, yeah, and trapeze group artist, one yeah. winners. Well, as, he, Trapeze as, Artist is a favourite for the Everest, correct? But now he's got to come back to Melbourne again in one preparation and do it all again. He's drawn well. He's going to look the winner because he gets out and he rolls along in front. Showtime, who um, he, he was very good winning second up. He's at $17. Osborne Bulls had a slight hiccup to his preparation. Mr. Run, but... Jeez, his form has been fantastic, and he's the horse that I want to be riding. Five fifty out to six dollars. Yeah, five 50. weeks, five weeks between runs. That's the, as you say, that's the, that's the query. I'm backing the team in and the racehorse. So, um, Widgie Turf is a scratching, folks. Uh, number six out of the feature race, race eight today, and then Land of Plenty's been very well supported. But he's look, he comes into barrier twelve. So that's not a bad barrier for him for a horse that gets back and needs cover. He's five fifty out to six fifty, a land of plenty. And then you got down to Oregon's Day, um, number thirteen. She's had good support, fifteen dollars into ten dollars with Peaceful State as well, who both get back and run on. In a word, what do you like, Simon? Uh, I'm going Osborne Bulls, and the blowout will be Peaceful State, number fifteen. Home of the brave, the blowout, Oregon's Day. Okay, all right. Nice to hear your opinions on the big race there this afternoon, uh, gentlemen. Uh, Let's take a a news break right now, um, and uh, let's go to our newsroom with Chris McKenzie. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand-new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Who's raising their head on the odds couple for the first time is Graham Begg. It'll be good to see him at Gorefield. He'll be very pleased, uh, probably more so than us, to see written by back at the racetrack uh, after a fantastic two-year-old campaign as a three-year-old now. Um, we're looking forward to seeing him go around at Caulfield this afternoon. Mr Begg, good morning to you. Good morning, Simon and Simon. But uh, exciting day, uh, having such a, a top-quality horse um, 
back at the track? Yes, certainly. Look, it's been uh, a while. He's had a long, steady build-up. He's been back in work uh, since the second week of June, and we've taken our time with him. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, it's just great to get him back to the track. You're assessing his fitness. Where's he at? You know, 80, 85, 90, Graham? Uh, he's about 85, I'd say. He's still got a good bit of improvement in him. Uh, he's only got to run 1,000 metres today, and... Uh, our target is in sort of six weeks' time. Well, he's a, he's a Group 1 winning son of Ritten Tycoon. He's a very valuable horse. He was undefeated winning a Blue Diamond until running fourth in a Golden Slipper. We're talking about Ritten Tycoon, folks, and he is a race three, number one. He's trainer, Graham Begg. Grew up in a racing family, though, Graham. We'd just like to get to know our trainers a little bit better. Um, and what an unbelievable family. Hall of Fame trainer, Neville, your father. What was it like for you as a kid growing up? Oh, it was fantastic. Every weekend you'd be looking forward to going to the races and uh, going to the races and having good horses uh, running in the big races and competing very well. It's always exciting. When did you know that uh, what, what it took to train a champion or um, put your hands over a champion? You were obviously working in a stable environment. You were um, foreman to your father. You were strapping these wonderful horses. When did the big champion come across you? Oh, look. The best horse that uh, we first came across that was, we thought was outstanding was Emancipation, who I looked after. Mm. And I think the thing is when you get a good horse, is actually identifying it and be able to harness all its ability and uh, to go forward with it and uh, let it come along nice and carefully and, uh, you know, and uh, produce on the right days. How hard is it to monitor a horse in between runs and also... Um Spelling gaps, time off, season in, season out to get them up. Yeah, no, well, it's pretty, it's, as far as the timing goes with carnivals, you've got to select your carnivals. Uh, and you can't go to, to them all. They all sort of integrate now. And they just roll on from one to another. And uh, we don't really have much downtime. So I think you've got to be a bit wise in the, the selection of where you want to go and what your objectives are. So, um, you know, then you can base it around that. Graham, you, you travelled horses and won Group 1 races around the world, Hong Kong in particular. What do you learn out of travelling horses overseas? Oh, look, I think, Simon, the thing is you've got to have the right type of horse to be able to be uh, to travel with, um, temperament-wise, and a uh, horse that can adapt to be able to settle into different, uh, you know, different environments and things like that. We were very fortunate, the horse we took to Hong Kong two years in a row, a horse could monopolise. Mm. He, he fell into that category. He was uh, a wonderful horse and... Uh, you know, it's it's not an easy thing, but it's a learning curve. Anyone that does travel forces overseas, you never stop learning. We thought um, we all had rocks in our heads after written by one, the the Blue Diamond, and, and thought to ourselves, why didn't we back him? But there must have been a piece of track work or gallop leading into the Blue Diamond because all of a sudden the money came for him and um, all of a sudden, due to that weight of money, the market suggested that he is unbeatable. Yeah, well, he was right on song on the day. Like he, he derived a lot of improvement from his first up win in the Prelude. Um, it was pretty well documented that we'd had issues with him loading in the gates and things like that. So um, he um, had a bit of downtime prior to that. at the uh, breakers for medial work and things like that. So um, the horse... Once he went to the races in the prelude, he came on greatly going towards the Blue Diamond and we had great confidence in the shape that he was in. Graham, 
What are we expecting over the Helder Skelter 1,000 from him today? You've said he's 85% fit. What are you expecting from him? Well, he's a natural good speed horse. He's great out of the gates. So the plan will be just to... It's only one turn to get around Simon, so to get him in a good rhythm. There seems to be good speed in the race drawn inside and out. Um, I think it's better than where, where he's drawn. It's probably ideal for him that uh, if he's drawn down in close, they might have crossed him and that. So at least he can just keep him in a nice rhythm and uh, make one run. Before you go, Graham, uh, we were debating before you came on how many years you've been down here now. I went with three. D Taggart went with two. Simon Marshall, he was undecided. That was two last June. Two last June. There you go. Yes. Well, I'm yeah, saying yeah, I've won that two and a half. We've gone to two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, Graham, just before we let you go with written by, um, this is a great kickoff set weights and penalties for him. Um, to, to the punters out there, he's $1.45 out to $1.70. His last piece of track work suggested to you, I know you, you mentioned that he's 35 kilos heavier. He's bigger, he's better, he's stronger. Looking at the opposition, mate, $1.75 looks very attractive. Well, it does indeed, and I will be very disappointed if he gets beat. You Thank you, Graham. That's as good as the horse's mouth. Oh, See great. you at uh, Caulfield this Arvo, Graham. Sportsbet BS Hotline, state your emergency. Yeah, it's me punters group. Me mate Dave, I reckons he bought in. Okay, I'll... hang up now. What? And join Sportsbet's Bet With Mates. It's group betting without all the BS. Conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. On 1116 SEN, The Odds Couple, with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. Nice to have your company on The Odds Couple. Eight minutes to nine o'clock. David Taggart uh, is with us. It's time for the all-important quarter. You went far away last week. What what no, was out of the water last week? I've third got, leg, wasn't it? Yeah, third, got two legs. It's... Yeah, Grunt, the, it was going to cost too much. I left Grunt out, of course, and uh, that was, yeah, of course... Uh, yeah, oh, Murphy's Law, it's ideally saluted, but uh, today we're going for, I think, six uh, get-outs in a row, so uh, we are on fire. Yeah, SD Marshall got trekking up last week as well, so uh, the, <laughs> the boys are on fire. Okay. We had a question, um, never really understood what 120% of a pool means. Yeah. Um, so just in blatant terms, I, I just want to answer the question off a tweet that we had earlier. 120% of the pool means, let's just say in blatant terms, the real true price is 100%. The bookmakers are, are betting to win 20%. Of that pool, if it's one hundred and ten percent, the bookmakers are betting to win ten percent of that pool, and so on. So I hope that helps that gentleman out there. Right. Okay, um, now you want to get uh, betting moves for today? We have a gentleman. He's on his way to hospital. Oh, this is fantastic. With the with the misses, and he said, "Can you hurry up with your tips, please? Me, li- <laughs> my wife's gone into labour." Uh, no, well, I'll, I'll read you that, boys. My wife has gone into labour, and we are leaving for the hospital soon. <laughs> Can you give me your tips, uh, tips of the day before I have to turn the radio off? From Dave in Eltham. Good on you, right. Dave. Here we go. We're going to get into the quaddy. Let's have a look, Caulfield. And as we always say, it's pens, pens, pencils, pencils crayons, and your form guide. Race one at Caulfield today, number seven. And we've got uh, Global Exchange here as your favourite. Three dollars ninety east to four dollars twenty. Number seven, number three, extra brute. Eight dollars into five fifty is the best backed. Race one, number seven and three. Race two. Number eight is lucky for all. He's been the best backed runner at Caulfield today. 
Race two, number eight, two dollars eighty into two twenty, and number five has had a really good specking. He's been rock solid right throughout the market with the shifting of money, and that's number five, Al Galail. Eight and five in race two. Race three, number one, written by, is a dollar forty-five out to a dollar seventy-five. He is your favourite. He is the popular way. One that has been specked and did win first up is number nine, Fine Dane. Races three, one and nine. Race four. Numbers one and nine. Tulip is number one, three dollars ten out to three dollars forty, and is your favourite. Shakura, the stablemates, had good specking. Number nine, six fifty into five dollars. Race five, numbers seven and two. YPO has had really good support. The favourite, three dollars seventy into three dollars fifty, is your favourite, and really good specking for number two. Bonds away, twelve dollars into eight dollars fifty. Seven and two. Race five. Race six, number eight, Anjana is your favourite, four dollars out to four dollars fifty, and number five, Spanish Whisper, uh, six fifty out to seven dollars, bang into six dollars. Numbers eight and five out of race six, and tags. This is yeah, the first leg of the quaddy. Yeah, nice to hear. There's a bit of push for Spanish Whisper. Um, yeah, number seven, a thirty play uh, should have won the Atlantic Jewel. Uh, draws bad here though. We'll get back and swoop. Uh, one of our text messages, Anjana, about a group race. Yeah, and that was another unlucky runner in the Atlantic Jewel too. Draws to get a good run in transit here and steps up to the 1400 for the first time. And I think she's looking for that trip. So I've gone light here. Uh, so only three in, numbers five, seven and eight. First leg of the quaddy, five, <coughs> seven and eight. I have left one at the second favourite out, uh, number nine, uh, Regina. He, uh, this is her biggest test of date and she's basically coming out of a maiden, so... All right. Yeah. First leg, five, seven, and eight, Simon. Can't have them all in there. Let's go to race seven. This is the second leg of the quaddy, folks, at Caulfield today. Numbers 10, and you can throw in number one, two here, and also 13. Let me go one, 10, and 13 out of race seven. Number 10, Knight's Watch, is your favourite. 340 into $3.20, and the best-backed runner in race seven. But there's been good specking for number one, Folkswood. We know he won the Cranbourne Cup, the International Raider, and he was third in a Cox Plate last season. He's $6 into $5.50. And High Arm is number 13, $17 dollars into $15 tags. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth with uh, number one, Foxwood, with uh, running third to Winks in last year's Cox Plate after winning Cranbourne Cup. And Night's Watch, uh, your horse, Goob, yeah, back down in the weights, and he's waited for this in this handicap. So I've only got the two in this, uh, numbers 1 and 10. 1 and 10. 1 and 10 for the second leg. Third leg, race 8. Third leg, the numbers will be 2, 13, and 15. Number 2, home of the Brave in race 8, $4.80 into three seventy, and been very well backed with sports bet. Number 13, Oregon's Day, $15 into $10 after a terrific wait-for-age run last start. And Peaceful State was the eye-catcher behind Land of Plenty last start at Mooney Valley. He's number 15, and he's $11 into nine fifty, and he's my blowout in the race. Yeah, very big chance, too, Land of Plenty. All right, number two, as we uh, rehash, uh, yeah, he, to me, he looks the winner. Uh, he beat a very good field, uh, as you say, in Sydney last, uh, beyond Dargento and Trapeze Artist. Osborne Bulls, uh, yeah, he's, he's as honest as the day. Uh, Oregon's Day, as you say, it's $10, super running the Memsey, beating three-quarters of length. And we'll run a race here. Uh, so the numbers are 2, 4, 7, 8, 13 and 15. 2, 4, 7, 8, 13 and 15 in the third leg. And the final leg, race 9. Race 9. And the numbers here are 1 and 2. To sim- oh, sorry. Um, I'm, 
I am excited is not number one. Let me just check that for you, folks, in race nine. And I am excited is number seven. Number seven. Uh, And she'll be your favourite. I am excited number seven, $4.50 in to $4.40. But Alec Azum, who was terrific winning from last, last start, Mm. number two, is $4.80. Out in slightly to $4.60. Good money for her late today. Yeah, the forgotten horse here, number one, Global Glamour. She's the best uh, mare in the race. Uh, hopefully she's come back. Uh, Alec Azum, as you say, beat a good field last uh, coming from last fresh. Uh, so the numbers are here are 1, 2, 7, 8 and 14. 1, 2, 7, 8 and 14. Okay, let's go over those numbers again. First leg of the quaddy, 5, 7 and 8. Second leg, 1 and 10. Third leg, 2, 4, 7, 8, 13, 15. And the final leg, one, two, seven, eight, and fourteen. Correct weight, and that's one hundred and eighty dollars for the quaddy. Dollars, okay. Fifty percent would be ninety. Correct. Funny about that. Okay, quick uh, look at uh, your best around the country. Uh, we're going to Sydney, of course, in the in the Group One. My little mate, the Autumn Sun, very unlucky last start. Probably should be undefeated. Uh, he's drawn out. He won't won't have any problems with the traffic today, and I think it'll just be too good for him. Simon, this is the Golden Rose. Wherever you want to go. Oh, like in the Golden Rose, go race seven, number you one. You always Lean, go wherever you want to go. Like you were coming in from the Swan Street end in your Canary Yellows playing for Australia. <laughs> we might have race to have a seven, song. number one, Lean Mean Machine to win the Golden Rose. Race six, number three, Dixie Blossoms to win the Golden Pendant. And my best bet in Sydney will be race one, number one, Gem Song. Race one, number one. We might have to have a little side bet there with the Autumn Sun and Lean Mean Machine. We can do that. Yeah, stable mate. What are we thinking? A dinner. Bottle of red? Dinner? Yeah. Lunch? I think, uh, I don't think either of you need dinner. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.